All right, let's rock and roll, Rabbi Sairon. Yud Ches Amud Base. Today's Amud is Yud Tes Amud Aleh. Three lines from the bottom of the Afra B'Yayinasan. First words on the line. Afra B'Yayinasan. Hadar Bay. We had a, if you remember, the lot in this past Amud that we're on right now, discussing do dead people know what's going on down here or not? So, Rabbi Yayinasan, after hearing all these different stories that we brought down, could hear the last year for all those stories, Hadar Bay, he retracted, he retracted, um, uh, his opinion, and he said, Taka, you're right, dead people do in fact know what's going on. How do we know that? Where do we know that dead people speak with each other? What are they saying? Hashem said to Tell Avram Yaakov that the Shvua, that the swear, the promise, that I swear to you, I have already, I have already, um, 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 I've already, I don't know why I'm losing the word now, but I did it. I, the swear that I had, I already, I already did it. I, I, I did it. I, I fulfilled, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> fulfilled my promise to you guys. And I've already fulfilled it. So if you're going to tell me that dead people don't know what's going on, what do you mean that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to tell Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are obviously not alive when Moshe Rabbeinu was. So then what's the point of Hashem telling Moshe Rabbeinu, go tell Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? They're dead. They don't know what's going on. Elamai, the Adi. Must be. They do know what's going on. Dead people do know what's going on. So that's how Rabbi Anderson was convinced. So if dead people know what's going on, then... What do you need to tell them for? They know what's going on already. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov know that the, that the swear was fulfilled. So then what's the problem? What do you need to tell them? says, No, to give a type to Moshe. When Moshe Rabbeinu says what happened to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, they're going to give him a Yashar Kayach. They're going to say, thank you for your services. Anyone who speaks after a dead body, pretty much that one argues on someone that's dead. Right, argues on their opinion maybe, or says things about them. It's as if they're speaking about a stone, it doesn't mean anything, they're dead already. And there are those that say that they don't know. And there are those that say that they do know. Right? And even if they, even if they by the way, even if it's not like talking to a stone, they don't care. They're, they're in the MS already. They're in the next world. That's the real world. They don't care what people down here are saying. Any is that so? They don't care what people down here are saying? One person spoke something about Mar Shmuel after, after he passed away. And and what happened? Something fell from the tree and broke his, cracked his skull open. He cracked his skull open. So we see that 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 it does affect. Even if one talks about dead people, it has an effect on them. They shouldn't do that because this guy got punished for it. And that's different. The holy rabbis are different. Even when they're dead, we shouldn't talk about them. Why? Because the Hashem himself made it a point to punish this guy for talking about because because these because the holy rabbis they're holy to Hashem they're precious to Hashem. So even though Be'etzim, the person himself doesn't care, Hashem cares. Hashem takes it in his, in his own hands. Anyone who speaks about a dead person or a, or a dead Talmud Chacham will fall to Gehenim. Strong, right? Even when there's peace amongst Israel, amongst the Talmud Chacham, i.e., after their death, because nobody can argue with them anymore. I mean, people could argue with them, but they don't care. They're not alive. Still, those people will go to Gehenna if they dispute them or if they say bad things about them. If someone sees that a Talmud Chacham is doing an Avera, you gotta be Dam Lakavschos. 
You got to assume that what happened the next day he did tshuva. Right? If it's Talmud Chacham, he has a chazaka. He has a chazaka. There are certain people, unfortunately, that have a chazaka the other way. That have a chazaka that they're always going to do averus. But there are certain people that have a chazaka that it's only really wicked people, really rishayim. But there are certain people like a big Talmud Chacham. He has a chazaka. He's always going to do a mitzvah. And if he does an avera, it's never wrong. You have to assume he's going to do tshuva the next day. But even if it is wrong, he's going to do tshuva. Meaning, it, not maybe. You have to say for sure he's going to do tshuva. It's not even a question he's going to do tshuva. If, he, if you see him doing a bad thing, tomorrow he's going to do tshuva. Don't worry about it. This is only things by the guf. Things that involve physical labor, physical things that he does that, 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 that seems to be an avera. But when it comes to monetary matters, then he's got to return the item. You can't just say he's going to do tshuva. No, if he, if he took something away or stole something, then obviously he's got to return it. That's a practical thing. There were 24 places where Bezdin excommunicated someone. When they're all learned in a Mishnah. Let's see some examples. Where, where do we find these places? He said, go find it. So, he found three cases. Three cases of where someone was excommunicated. Or those three cases, one who disgraces Nathiel's dime. It doesn't literally mean he didn't wash his hands. It meant he mocked it. Right? Nathiel's dime could be symbolic of immersing yourself, like we mentioned, like cleaning yourself, cleaning the uh, Gashmias, cleaning yourself of all the Gashmias. So it's, uh, it's like connection of Gashmias and Ruchmias. So one who mocks that, it's a, it's a really bad thing. They get excommunicated. That's our connection to Agamar, right? And one who speaks about after they die, um, I lost place. And one who uh, is like arrogant, acts in a haughty way toward Hashem. So now let's see exa- stories, um, you know, displaying these three examples. Number one, I'm a sapper, we change the order. But anyway, I'm a sapper, what's an example of someone that speaks bad about Tamir Chamahi? The Tanan we learned in Mishnah, who he said, When it comes to the Mesaita, the water of a, of a woman who is a Saita, we, the halacha is over here, according to this opinion, that we don't give it to a giyaris, to a convert, or we don't give it to a freed slave. Rashi actually says it's the wife of a convert, I'm sorry, the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the wife of a convert and the wife of a slave that was freed. No, we do give these women to drink the Mesaita. Ramulai, they said to him, There was a story where there was a story with Shemai Vavtalyan that there was a Gerim, there was a Giyaris, a convert that had this, that was a Saita, and they did give her a drink. So, what do you mean you're not supposed to give her a drink? We see from this story of Shemai Vavtalyan that you do give her a drink. Wow, incredible thing. He's saying pretty much they're biased. They themselves were gayrim or connected to gayrim. So they're biased. So it's not a riot. It's not a proof that they gave them to drink. And for saying this, for saying this, they excommunicated him. And he, in fact, died in excommunication. Wow, and they stoned his coffin. Unbelievable. And what do we see from here? Right? When one asks a question, or when one gets a psaq, from a rub, we have to assume that they're objective. We have to. We can't say they're biased. We have to assume they're objective. And obviously, everyone has bias. It's a part of human being of being a human be, being. But when one asks for halach or a psak, we have to assume that the psak itself, they're not getting their own bias involved. They are seeing it from an objective point of view. That's all the Bali and Masera. That's their 
That's a perspective we have to have towards him. Vaita, Ramazalza ben Natil Sadaim, one who disgraces Natil Sadaim. So we said that's another situation in which one would be excommunicated. Mahi, so what's a specific example of this? The previous story that we just mentioned about him accusing Shemaiva Talim being biased, we said it was a Kavi ben Hamahale. But Rehuda is saying there's no way it was a Kavi ben Mahalo that would say this about about these two Talmud Chacham. It's not. There's no way they were excommunicated. There was no one higher. There was no one on a higher spiritual level than a Kavi ben Mahalo, and he was excommunicated. Can't be. We know he's also mentioned in Perkei He was on a very high level, so it can't be. It was him. Ella s mi nadu. Rather, who was excommunicated? As a Lazar ben Chanuch. Rather, was a Lazar ben Chanuch. Shafak fake ben Tiel sedaim, and it has nothing to do with him saying something. About, about them being biased. It really had to do with the fact that he mocked Natil Sadaim. He mocked washing one's hands in the morning. And when he died, Bezdin went out and put a large stone on his coffin to teach us. Anyone who gets uh, excommunicated and dies in excommunication, Bezdin will in fact uh, stone his Aron. Okay, third point that we mentioned, that one who acts arrogant or haughty toward Hashem, my heap. What's an example of this? It's not. We know the famous story of Shachani Magal. He drew a circle and he stood in the circle and he said, Hashem, I'm not leaving the circle until there's, until rain comes down. And first Hashem sent down a little rain and he said, we need more than that. And then Hashem sent down a lot of rain and he said, we need a little less than that. We need something in between. And then Hashem sent down an in-between thing. Okay, so that's the story of Chayni HaMagel. That's why he's called Amagel, which is a circle. So, Shlach Loi Shimon Shetach. Shimon Shetach sent a message to Chayni HaMagel to Chayni HaMagel. And he said, Tzorach Atel Esnades. Because you spoke this way with Hashem, like you were negotiating with Hashem. Hashem, it's too little rain. It's too much rain. Because you were negotiating with Hashem, you deserved to be in Cherem, in uh, excommunication. And if you weren't Chayni, the Haile Gachayli, then you would have been excommunicated. But what can I do? You're very beloved to Hashem. And you do his will. Like a son that does the will of his father. And therefore Hashem does according to your Ratzin. It's like a naughty child, right? He's, uh, he, meaning he's, he, he's very loved, but sometimes they'll like negotiate and you know, you know, beat around the bush a little. So that was the same story with Chaini. So they really, he deserved to be excommunicated because he spoke this way to Hashem. He was like negotiating with him, but he wasn't because he wasn't such a high level and he was so beloved to Hashem. And about Chaini himself, the Pasuk says, The Suleka. So says, wait a second, these are all the stories that we have? We said there were 24 places of where people got excommunicated. These are, that's it? We only had three. Where, where, what happened to the other 21? Right? says, no, there are other stories. The Tanya Rabbi Yosef, there was a man, Titus, a Roman, and he would have the custom for... Uh, to, to eat uh, yeah, um, whole goats, whole gideon, kid goats, but Leila Pesachim on the night of Pesach. Which is, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like eating uh, uh, carbon Pesach outside of the base of Megdash, or outside of Eretz which one cannot do. So Shlach Le Shimon Ben Shetach. Shimon Ben Shetach sent a message. And he said to him, same thing. He said, if you weren't Taidais, the Heilige Taidais, you would have been in excommunication because you ain't cut him outside of the base of Megdash. What are you doing here? But you're, you're, but you're a holy man and you're, you're so uh, beloved by Hashem that uh, you're not going to be in excommunication. 
Mar says Bimishna. So 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 we ask, well, I understand. There's another story. Why do we say there's only three stories? We see a fourth here. Mar says, no, Bimishna Senu Kamrinan. We're looking for stories only in Mishnas. But but this this aforementioned story that we just said, that it wasn't a Brysa. Umas Nisan, like I say, you're telling me there's no other stories about people going people going to excommunication that's directly from a Mishnah? But there are. How did Tanami learn to the Mishnah? If someone cuts an oven into pieces and then puts sand in between the pieces. So the question is, do we say that the oven remains intact and therefore it's Tameh? Or no, it's not considered a Kli. It's not considered an intact vessel anymore and therefore it's Tar. So Belazer, Metar. Belazer, says it's Metar, it's Tar because it's not really intact anymore. Now it's into it's cut into pieces. The Chacham Metam. And the Chacham say that it's Tameh because it's still technically considered one Kli. V'zehu Tanuroi Shel Achnai. This is the oven of Achnai. What's achnai? So let's see. My achnai. What's achnai? I'm Rehuda Mashmuel Melamed Shakifu Halachis Ke'achnai Zevitamahu. So achnai is a snake. So we're saying that it's surrounded by lezer, like a snake, uh, to teach us that the, the halacha was tamei. All the times Rabbi Lezer said something's tamei. So they put that in front of Elazar and they burnt it. I mean, they didn't agree with his rulings, right? All of his tummy rulings. And eventually, they put him, in, in fact, into chayim, into excommunication. So this is another example, right, of where uh, someone into excommunication. So what do you mean we only have these examples in the Mishnah? This was also in a Mishnah. No, the whole machlaikis was learned in a Mishnah, but the actual excommunication itself was not learned in Mishnah. We just said there are 24 places. So uh, where are the 24 places, right? So Rabbi Shubin Levi, Madame and Milsal and Milsal, Rabbi Shubin Levi says there's 24 cases because he compares all them, right? Wherever it happened with one, it happened with another, so they're all the same thing, all the same situation. So there's 24 different places. Rabbi Lezer, Levi, Madame and Milsal and Milsal, Rabbi Lezer says they're all each their own unique case, and in terms of unique cases, we only had three. Okay, let's go weiter back to the Mishnah, quoting the Mishnah. The carriers of the coffin, right? We said that the carrier, the people who are carrying the coffin by the uh, Leviah. And the substitutes for them, they don't have to say Krishma. They shouldn't, right? One should not carry out a dead body near Krishma because uh, otherwise he's going to miss his mind for Krishma. And if he starts already, then don't be masik. Then if they already started carrying out the dead body, then go through with it, even if they're going to miss his mind. Is that the case? Rav Yosef did, in fact, just do that. He carried out the mace close to Krishma. And uh, he wasn't worried about missing the Zaman. A holy man is different. Okay, We said there's a difference between the people that are in front of the coffin and after and behind the coffin. Those that are doing the eulogies, right? At a time that the dead body is in front of them, they can sort of go away, they can slip away, the Kyrin, and then they could slip away and do Krishma. But if the mace is not in front of them, they can sit. And, meaning the people on the line, they can sit and read Krishma, but who and him, meaning the Avel, the, the relative of the person that died, Yoshev, he can sit, Vidaimim, Haim, Ayim, Dim, Mispalan. He can say the following, um, Vidaimim. Haim, Ayim, Dim, Mispalan, they can stand and Davin, Vahu, Ayim, Dim, Matzik, Alavasadin, and he can be in judgment and say, Vahim, the following. Rebbein, I love him, master of the world. A lot of sins in front of you. Break the gates for all of Klai Yisrael. 
Sins and this, that. Don't open up the mouth of the satan. Don't give the satan fuel. We mentioned yesterday on yesterday's Amr, right, that once someone says something, it's brought into reality. Dibor, speech is a very powerful thing. That's why once something was said, that's, what, that's when the dead people, if you remember in yesterday's story, right, that that's when the, 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 the dead bodies knew what was happening. It was only when it was spoken and brought into reality. So same thing with the satan. Don't say it. It's going to bring it into reality. And the satan is going to have that as fuel. Rabbi Yosef. Right now that this guy's admitting his sin, so he's going to give fuel to the Satan. Rabbi Yosef, my Kurosh and Emar Kemat Kistoyim. What is that? What does those words mean? Hayinu, my Ahadalu Navi Shmu, Devar Hashem Kitzinistam. Once something is heard, then it becomes very strong. So therefore, one should not put it right. Speech is just a powerful thing, as we mentioned. Kivru es Hamais Vechazru, and it could be used for good and bad. We know that. Uh, we we obviously know that, right? So the people that bury the dead body and then they come back to the line. There's a line that there was a whole row that lined up in front of the relatives to say to console them. Zak the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. If they're able to complete the entire Kriyashima before they get back to the line, then they can do that. But if they can only complete one or two. One parak or one pasuk, then they shouldn't even start in the first place. Because you got to be able to finish the whole thing. If you're a minute, what do you mean? You, 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 if you only have enough time to do one pasuk or one parak, you shouldn't start. We have a stero. We have a contradiction. Cover us a mace. The Bryce says one who uh, buries a mace. The chaz of the Mishnah. Cover us a mace. The chazru. Let's say if one buries a mace and then he comes back to the line. If he's able to finish the entire Kriishima, or if he's able to finish afilu even one parak, a pasuk or one pasuk. Then you can still start. So what do you mean? You, only if you can finish the whole thing in time, then you could start. Even if you finish one paragraph, one puzzle, we see that you can you can you, you can read it. That's that's a, you know, that's enough just to read it. Where it says Hachanami, he responds to him. Hachanami, Enochanami, you're right. That's where it comes from, right? Enochanami, you're right. Omar, that's really what I meant to say. He's saying, right? If you're allowed, if you're able, this is really what I meant to say, right? That if you're able to start and finish the entire thing, or even if you're able to start and finish one parak, or even if you're able to start and finish one shura before you reach the line, the people that are lined up in front of the Avel, in order to console him, Yaschilu, then you should start. If you can't even finish one Pasuk, or one Perik, one would have to imagine, that's very little time, but nonetheless, then one should not start. Shkaich will stop there, perfect, right? Works out perfectly when there's a two dots by the end of an Ahmed. This was a little long, but it was a long Ahmed. It was very nice anyway. Uh, incredible Amudim coming up, incredible blot. Shkaich, everyone.